Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for today, for this nice, a little cooler day, when we can enjoy your presence. Most of all, we can continue our study about the book of Daniel. This is a very special book in the Bible. And as we continue studying, especially chapter 2, focusing on chapter 2 today, we ask you to open our hearts and minds, Lord, so we can see the beauty of revelation. Because without your revelation, we won't see a thing. We don't understand our past. We don't even really see the present. And we definitely won't see and understand the future. So please help us to focus on that chapter today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel. Daniel is, uh, I believe, one of the most, if not the most, next to Revelation, of course, important books of the Bible. So Daniel is uh, begins with the story of taking some people uh, into captivity. If you remember the message of Daniel chapter 1 when God was silent, we learned a few things. First of all, it was a national crisis, a crisis situation including personal, I would say, existential crisis, when even the names of these uh, slaves were changed, and so they had to be familiar with a different culture, with different language, customs, and a belief system. But they made a critical decision. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 that Daniel decided and, and his three friends not to defile themselves. And I need to tell you something. It was not about, not simply about food. Okay, because they had to go through a three year college education. There was a kind of brainwash. So, they decided not to be defiled in a physical sense, but also not in a spiritual or intellectual sense. And of course, they had a test of 10 days. Do you think time is an important matter in the book of Daniel? Do you think 10 days or 7 days can make a difference in your life? Well, God decided to create the whole world in seven days, which means that number seven is very important. But in this case, they decided for ten days. And ten days made a huge difference. Whatever you decide to do for seven to ten days, it will make a big difference. And then finally, because of God's grace... At the end of their studies, the Bible says that there were found ten times wiser, knowledgeable than the rest 
of the magicians or the wise men. And of course, it was an impact on their character. And I, I'd like to read a quotation again from Ellen White from Christ's Object Lessons. When she was making a comment on the talents, she wrote the following. This is Christ's Object Lessons, page 332. Stand like Daniel, that faithful statesman, a man whom no temptation could corrupt. Do not disappoint him who so loved you that he gave his own life to cancel your sins. Stand like Daniel, and no temptation could corrupt you. Then Ellen White said the following, The character formed according to the divine likeness is the only treasure that we can take from this world to the next. This is a classic quotation about character building. And she said, in heaven we are continually to improve. So we start character building in this world. But she's saying that in heaven we are continually to improve. How important then is the development of character in this life? Uh, this was a kind of summary of what we studied last time, and I believe it was an important link to our study today. But let's move to chapter 2 of Daniel, because this is something which is so important that it is not simply a story about Daniel and his friends, but it gives us a summary of human history. And you know, world history was learned from this chapter of the book, of the Bible. But of course, it would not fit in one sermon. I decided that I have another sermon about uh, chapter 2 of Daniel when I come next, or we come next time. But I'd like to focus on the character of Daniel today again, based on chapter 2. And what I found is that there are at least five steps of character building. Let's go to chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. This is Daniel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Now, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. And his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to all the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the inter interpretation. 
The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm if you don't make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. Another crisis situation, isn't it? Try to imagine if someone would knock on your door and tell you that I had a dream. Let's say your neighbor, your good neighbor would knock on your door and telling you that I had a dream last night, but I don't remember. Tell me the dream and its interpretation. How would you feel (laughs) if that happened? I would not feel comfortable. But one one thing is for sure that Daniel had a very special gift from God. If you go to chapter 1, verse 17, the second part of verse 17 says, And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So this man was honored by God because God decided to give him an understanding of visions and dreams. But not so, the Chaldeans. And so the situation was interesting because Ellen White is saying in Prophets and Kings, page 491, Although the king's mind was deeply impressed, he found it impossible when he awoke to recall the particulars. So he did not really remember the dream, at least not all the details. Have you ever been in a situation when you had a dream and you could not recall the dream? And you wish that there was somebody like Daniel who could understand the dreams and visions. Well, the king was determined. He said, unless you tell me the dream and uh, its interpretation, you'll be facing some real trouble because you will be cut in pieces. It's not a very nice form of death. And so what happened next? There was the king's character. We need to see the character. The king said, my decision is firm. That's final. You have one option. You either tell me. I mean, that's the only option you had. You you tell me the dream or you'll die. So they had to acknowledge something, a failure. And this is another thing which we need to consider from the point of character building. Is it good or bad or is it easy or difficult to acknowledge our personal failure? Well, sometimes pride 
prevents us from admitting a failure. So our own personal pride could prevent us from admitting that this is a failure. But these men were honest at least at that point. So what did they say? If you go to verse 10 and 11. The Chaldean answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. But they were supposed to have communication with the gods, didn't they? And now they have to admit that failure that they had no communication with the gods. Because they said that their dwelling is not with flesh. Or whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. What can you do? You admit your failure. You are honest. But it would not save your life. The king was furious. He was very angry. Was was mad. And so he issued a decree. That they should begin killing the wise men of Babylon including Daniel and his friends, although he was not present when the king issued the decree. So let's go to point number three. Where is wisdom? Well, before I I read it, let's go back to Daniel 1, verse 17, chapter 1, verse 17, because this is a very important verse in that chapter. It says, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So this means that God has given them intellectual, mental, and spiritual gifts because of their faithfulness. So they had wisdom from God. So what did Daniel do based on the wisdom he received? Let's go to to chapter 2, verse 14. And I'm reading from verse 14 to 18. Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Ariok, the king's captain, Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Or in another translation, harsh. Then Ariok made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. 
that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from God of heaven concerning this secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So what did they do? I read chapter 1 verse 17 that God gave this young man wisdom. And so based on this wisdom, he asked the right question in the right moment. Why is this so urgent? Why is this so harsh decision? What is the purpose? And so Ariok, the captain of this guard, told the whole story to Daniel. And Daniel, what did he do? Prayer meeting. He called a prayer meeting. And to me it's interesting that although he received wisdom from God, he had to decide to ask for more wisdom. So whatever gift you receive from God, you need to ask for the same thing again and again and again. This is how we grow spiritually. So they had a short prayer meeting. And uh, of course he went to the king. He asked for what? Not for mercy. But for time. Now, it's very interesting that they asked for time from the king, but when it came to the prayer meeting, he or they asked for what? Mercy. You know, if we were in that situation, we might do the opposite. And go to the king and ask for mercy. But this is another point of how our character is developing. We need to find the right moment and ask the right question. So he went to the king, asked for time, and then he went to the king of the universe, and he asked for mercy. And whatever happens to us in life, we should always ask for mercy. And so that's what they did. And what happened next? This is the most amazing part of this whole story. This is point number four. God reveals secrets. And I'm reading from verse 19 to 23. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. 
He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. It's a beautiful prayer. You know there are prayers in the book of Daniel? At least two prayers. One in chapter 2 and another is in chapter 9. It's it's a long prayer. Daniel and his friends were men of prayer. And as soon as God revealed the secret, and you know it's very interesting that the term secret appears seven times in this part of the Bible. Because the focus is on God who reveals secrets. Of course, when someone is knocking on your door asking for the dream he or she had last night, that's a secret. Nobody knows unless God reveals it to you. And so Daniel praised the God of heaven because he said that everything belongs to you. Wisdom and might. You can change times and seasons. You can remove kings. You can raise up kings. You you would give wisdom to the wise. You would give knowledge to those who have understanding. You can even reveal deep and secret things. And you know what is in the darkness and then light dwells with you. There was a thanksgiving prayer. God reveals secrets. And then something else happened. Daniel was taken to the king's palace. And I'm not reading that part of the chapter when he explained the dream. But we would do it next time, okay? I think it's very, very important to go go through all the details of this, this dream. But how Daniel witnessed about the miracle of God, that's where I, I'd like to focus. So after this thanksgiving prayer, he was taken to the king's palace. And then what did he say? Let's go to to verse uh, 24. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Was he thinking of himself first? Probably not. So we can learn something again about his character. He had a very unselfish attitude. These men were pagans. They were worshipping pagan gods. And still Daniel decided and suggested that this man's life should be 
should be saved. They should not perish. And uh, his decision was practically that this man would be given another chance. Prayed for these pagan magicians. And the first thing he decided about was not to kill these men. Then what else? He said, take me before the king and I will tell the king the interpretation. Then Ariel quickly brought Daniel before the king and said thus to him, I have found the man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. I have found. Isn't that interesting? How he wanted to keep the glory to himself. He didn't find Daniel. Daniel was asking God and God found Daniel and his friends. And now this man, this military captain, he's saying that I think about me, king. I'm the good good guy. I did something for you. I just found the right person. And then what happened next? The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Baal saved or protect his life. That's what his name means, Belteshazzar. Baal, there was one of the Babylonian gods they worshipped. And his, his name meant that saved the life of the king. Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Who gets the glory? Who is getting the glory? Are you able? Do you have the wisdom? Are you the one who can interpret my dream and tell me the dream itself? And that's where humbleness comes again. And that was a powerful witness to Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel, verse 27, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded the wise men and astrologers, the magicians, And the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. So Daniel received mercy. And he showed mercy. But he was very realistic. He said, this is something you are asking for. Talking to the king. The secret the king has demanded there are no wise men, no astrologers or magicians or soothsayers or any kind of wise men. They cannot predict the future. Do you listen to sermons that, that try to predict the future? If you go to YouTube, you will find tons of those. And sometimes I'm just wondering to myself, 
How is it that people are standing up and saying, we know the future? What's coming up in politics? Or global warming and the rest. People are standing up and seeing if they were some professional future tellers. But Daniel is saying to the king, king, you surrounded yourself with magicians, fortune tellers, you have wise men, you have astrologers, soothsayers, prophets. They cannot declare what the king is asking for because they just acknowledge that they have no dwelling with the gods or the gods are not dwelling with them, with mortals. But the focus of his witness was verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and your visions of your head upon your bed were these. And we stop here. Or maybe reading a couple more verses just to finish this, this section. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. Think about his humble character again. It's not because I am the wisest of the wise. Or I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes who make known the king, the interpretation to the king. And that you may know the thoughts of your heart. So when God reveals a secret, he reveals something which is hidden in our hearts. And I think this is one of the key elements of chapter 2. Because whenever God reveals something, especially a secret, then he is making something known to us which is hidden there. This king was a very smart man. And of course, as every ruler, he was thinking of the future. How long should my kingdom last? How long should I have the power? The first superpower. How long can I enjoy exercising power? And it's amazing to me that he forgot the whole thing, or at least most of the dream, so he could not really put it together again. But Daniel is saying that there is a God who knows the secret things, and whenever he decides, he would reveal it to the king. 
And so then he simply said that I am only an instrument in God's hands, and he is the revealer of secrets. But the point is, you need to know what is in your heart. Do you believe that it is is even important for us to know what is in our hearts? Because the only way we can know it is by revelation. So whenever God decides to reveal something which is secret, it touches our hearts. And he brings out things from our hearts that we would never know otherwise. And uh, when it comes to finishing You know, this is something Ellen White was writing about. Prophets and Kings, page 499 and 500. And I'd like to read uh, just a few sentences, and it should be done. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, page 499, Prophets and Kings. Nebuchadnezzar revoked the decree for the destruction of the wise men. Their lives were spared because of Daniel's connection with the revealer of secrets. So whenever God reveals something, it would save people. So we are not preaching about a doomsday. We are preaching about a day when God will save. And so their lives were spared because Daniel's connection with the revealer of secrets. And then she says on page 499 and 500, in the annals of human history, the growth of nations, the rise and fall of empires, appear as if dependent on the will and power of man. The shaping of events seems seems to a great degree to to be determined by his power, ambition, or caprice. But in the word of God, the curtain is drawn aside, and we behold above, behind, and through all the play and counterplay of human interest and power and passions, the agencies of the all-merciful one, silently, patiently working out his counsels of his, the counsels of his own will. So when you look at human history, you see this was, this was a, a huge emperor. He, he was, he was a, a great statesman. Or you see, he, he was a ruler, very cruel ruler. And it seems that everything is determined by human power, ambition, and caprice. But it is not so. She is saying, but in the word of God, the curtain is drawn aside. And you will see behind the things and above and through all. The play of human interest and power and passion. But behind all these, you will see the one silently, patiently working out the counsels 
of his own will. What was the king's reaction? I'd like to finish with this one, and then uh, we will continue next time about the, the dream itself. But let's, let's read what the king said, because it is amazing how the king responded. Verse 47, towards the end of chapter 2. The king said, and answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. So what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar? Pagan king. God was talking to him in his dreams. And and God wanted him to understand his own thoughts. Then God was working in the heart and mind of Daniel and his friends to pray for wisdom. And they saved the lives of those pagan magicians. But most of all, they had the right time to witness to God. And so they said there is no magician, there is no astrologer or or any kind of wise man in this world who would know what the future holds. But there is a God who reveals secrets. And he is the one who can reveal if if he wills so. And so the king understood the main point. The main point was that what he said, that this, this is the God. Of course, his knowledge was not complete at that point, but he said he is the God of the gods. He still believed in other gods like Baal. And he said uh, he is the God of gods, the Lord of, of kings. There was a, something a little closer to him. <laughs> he is my Lord. Practically what he was saying. The revealer of secrets. Since you could reveal this secret. Would you like God to reveal your secret? The secrets of your heart to you? Not to me. Not to me. (laughs) To you. So Daniel was an instrument in God's hands revealing the secrets of thoughts to Nebuchadnezzar. And that was practically God's mercy that this man was thinking of his future and God revealed him more than his own future. And this is my prayer that whenever God reveals secrets, you would pass it on to others because this is the right time to witness. And also it is something we can benefit from. Because Daniel had to acknowledge that This is not because I am wiser than anyone else. 
I am just a simple instrument. And God is great because he knows the future. And whenever he decides, he would give us revelation. Isn't that amazing that the very last book of the Bible is called Revelation? And we should always study Daniel and Revelation together. That's what Ellen White is suggesting. Because uh, these two books go together. So my prayer this morning is that our good Lord would really help us to learn something from the book of Daniel about the character of these men who had to stand before kings. And they had the privilege of talking to the king of the superpower of that time. So may God bless all of us. Whenever the time comes and we might need to stand before a king or a queen or before a president and be able to give that witness about God who reveals secrets. Amen.